Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Hello, and welcome to Voices. This is Cynthia Chaplin, and I'm very happy to welcome Federica Skier to Voices today. Federica is a fellow resident of Verona, and she's been working in wine and food and travel and tourism for over 20 years, and she's in Tuscany today. So thank you for giving us your time, Federica. Welcome to Voices. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you very much for this invitation. I'm very happy to to have this interview and conversation with you, uh, speaking about wine, which uh, is our life. Uh, I understood that you are in the same uh, branch like me. We are two wine women, which is great. So these are my favorite conversations. And I know you were born in Murano, which is a place I really love, and your family background is both German and Italian. So I'm just wondering how you got interested in wine. You know, how did you get interested in the industry and what were your first jobs in the wine sector what brought you to wine okay yes i'm uh, i'm come from merano south tyrolian and uh, as you know both uh, uh, there uh, we speak both italian and german which are spoken fluently and uh, as uh, like all good things in life uh, my my meeting my encounter with wine came about by chance. I had a, a, a former experience in uh, tourism because I worked in Club Med abroad. And when I came at home, I didn't know what to do. And I was asked to collaborate with a company which organized the Moran Wine Festival, which I know, I think you know. And that was supposed to be a temporary collaboration, but quickly became my professional point, reference point. And after a couple of years, I bought some shares in the company, which I kept until uh, 2006, about. And at this point, I was so in love with wine business, wines, uh, PR and communication that my career continues to go on through the opening of my agency, uh, which is a communication agency. Well, you're right. I love the Murano Wine Festival. I'm a big fan. And of course, I do know your main business is now in public and media relations. I'm so happy to hear you started in Club Med. I think there are uh, many young people in the world who don't understand how how big and important and, and fun Club Med was back in the 80s. Yes, absolutely. It was amazing. And it brought you to wine, which is fantastic. So, so you started your own company called Media Wine. I'm guessing you sold your Murano Wine Festival shares. What a good investment that was. Uh, yes, it was a big investment, uh, uh, but it was a... Uh, 
the half part, quite less than the half part. It was a big investment, but I I was so in love also with the exhibition and so on that I really tried to make this and I get it. But uh, uh, going on with the years, you know, in the company is always uh, difficult, uh, always when there is a man and a woman. And so, and the different uh, ideas of the of the event itself and so I preferred to sell uh, my shares. Well, I think you did such a brave thing because 2007 doesn't seem very long ago, but you know, I've lived in lots of different places in Europe and 2007 there was still a lot of room for women in the Italian wine industry. So to start Media Wine then on your own was very brave. And it's become a PR company that's very well respected. So let's talk a little bit about PR companies and, and the role that they play, you know, with Italian wineries. You know, how do you support and promote the wine industry at Media Wines. How's it how's it going since 2007? So we're going back now 16 years. Yes. Also, Media Wine changed it right now, and this is just Federica's Cure PR. So I am just for my own. And everything changed, like you said before, because women were not so... Uh, encouraged for doing in doing uh, wine business at the time and I tried and I was lucky because coming out from the Merano Wine Festival uh, you know I knew a lot of journalists producers and I have a different touch with the wine because uh, during my work in the wine festival I was uh, responsible of three tasting commissions So uh, my work with the company is always uh, getting a help, uh, giving them a help uh, also in the wine. And when I approach a a company, I absolutely want to taste the wine and to know the wines that they produce because it's for me very important for what I'm doing and for what I am communicating to the journalist. No, I completely agree. I, I would never write an article or do a podcast or promote a wine that I hadn't personally tasted. And I think that's something that's so important in our industry to be authentic and to be as real and as transparent as we can. So I love that about what you're doing, tasting and actually being physically there, meeting producers, working with them is is really important. So you're doing all of that and promoting our Italian wine business outside of Italy and inside. And I know that you create what you call on your website, a turnkey project for consortiums and wine companies in Italy. So I just want to ask you, what what is a turnkey project? What does that mean to you? Sort of fill us in on how you're clients find you and how you create these very bespoke special projects for them okay uh, the clients just uh, i i go through a lot of events uh, presentation and so on i also uh, cooperate with a journalist in germany and with him i make also anteprimas on his behalf so i met also the producers and also the journalist and that the way in which people know me and ask me to cooperate. Uh, a tailor-made project for me is uh, initially based on the study 
of the client. Uh, I try normally to develop a tailor-made communication strategy uh, combining uh, the client needs and the market, of course. And what is important for me to say is that I am quite a different agency because I work by myself. I just have a, a girl helping me in the back office, but all the contacts on the relationship with producers and journalists are made by myself in uh, in person. I don't want uh, to have anyone, uh, an account, a junior account, because for me it's important to to speak to people, whether producers or journalists, and to have this exchange of things, of sorting, and so on. Again, I think that really speaks to this idea of being authentic and transparent, less commercial, but it's so important in our industry now. People are on the lookout, you know, particularly after the advent of AI now, for things that are fake and that are not real and that don't feel personal, as you said, tailor-made, and really as if you've you've been there and you've talked to the people and you've been in touch with them personally and, and decided to take them on as clients or not. So how big is your client list at the moment? Uh, I have at the moment uh, about uh, 10 clients uh, divided in wineries and also small clients for which I make, uh, I organize a small events, uh, which uh, a, a single presentation or anniversary or so on. The other part of my clients, I follow them all over, through uh, all over the year. So organizing press lunch, press tours, tasting, and uh, helping them during the exhibition like Vinitaly and so on. Exactly. Well, I don't think people really realize outside of Italy that you know there are over 40,000 wineries in Italy. And Italy is smaller than California. So a very small place with a very long and deep and wide world of wine. So I think those services that you're providing are so needed here. We we need people who speak languages, who are creative in the way they communicate. So you're also producing some press tours and events. So tell us a little bit about your tours and how do you decide who to invite and where to take them and What's the goal of trips and events like this? How do you measure if they're successful? Uh, the most part of a press tour are organized at the wineries. So in this occasion, I try to highlight the special features of the producers and the wines, of course. And in, during a press tour, we organize a technical tasting, but we also bring people on the territory to discover all the part uh, inside the winery is working. And the same happens uh, also for the events uh, where I try to highlight the topic and the, op the protagonist of the event itself. Obviously, it's uh, the important thing, as I told before, is having uh, the, the right idea and the right, right knowledge about what we are presenting from one part uh, from the wineries and the other part for what the for what the journalist is looking for so uh, the the measures the repercussions are measured through the press review and also for uh, about what is published on the social media and social media is so important these days 
How much have you seen it change during your career? Ah, completely. <laughs> when I started, there was <laughs> there was no social media at all. At this moment, I think it's quite more most important that uh, journalism and press. I'm not. I'm old. I'm not that idea. I think that a good article in which uh, the journalist speaks about the wines has still more uh, more weight than uh, than a, a pictures in a social media. They both are so important, and they have to work together. Because when I have the press review, I get the articles and I forward it on the social media. So I have the double of the result because there are people reading all the online or the, the press, uh, the printed press. And, are, and also there are people which are only looking at the social media. So they're same, the import, same important. Exactly. I think that's a good point. I think that's such a good point of making the the balance of the printed word, which is often longer, longer to read and, uh, you know, with more detail and often more experience and knowledge behind it. But we need to have these uh, visual images, photographs and videos to capture a new generation of, of wine drinkers and consumers to capture their imagination. They need to have a visual to draw them into the printed word. So I think you're really correct that both of them have to balance each other. And it's not an easy job to do, especially when you know it's something that came into the world long after we had both started our career. So it's, it's, an, it's an interesting time to figure out how to make these two things work together. But I agree, they, they, they must work together. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. Yes, you know, the, the printed article, uh, as you said, is a hard, long to read and you don't have. But if you start it from the social media, then you have to deepen all the, you can deepen all the things. So you can go and look after what it was written and to have a different idea or a larger idea about that. That is correct. So so I'm guessing most of your guests when you're organizing tours and events are journalists or social media influencers. Absolutely, yes. I try to match them for having both the part and also both journalists have written like a technical, uh, about technical tasting and so on, but also lifestyle. Because, uh, you know, you, uh, we know that Italy is wonderful in this part. And so when you visit a winery, it's very important to discover also the, the background and what is around the winery. Uh, for example, on the next uh, weekend, I will be in the market near Urbino. And we organize uh, like an art tour 
between the, the technical tasting and the dinner and so on, discovering the artist who was, uh, who were uh, born there and what they produced. So not, uh, not for having only wine tasting and then this red wine, good acidity and so on, but also uh, something that put the wine in a, in a real place. Absolutely. A, a cultural and a historical context. I think that really makes wine come alive. It's such an old beverage and it has been part of art for so long. Italy does that very well. So I'm glad that you're addressing that for your clients. Yes, you have absolutely to contextualize, contextualize what you are doing. Exactly. Do, what do you think about the future of wine tourism for just an average consumer? We've seen post-pandemic, you know, people can fly again, they can travel again, and there's been an upsurge in wine tourism. How do you feel about just um, average wine drinkers coming to be wine tourists in Italy? Again, we have uh, to create an osmosis between the wine, the location, and the facilities and any products uh, which come or are related uh, to the world of wine, such as the artisanal, artisanal food and so on, because uh, every single wine came from history, a history of the family, of the, the place and so on. And I think that uh, enotourism is so important for Italian, but also for all uh, other parts in the world, because it makes a picture, gives you a picture of the cultural part of the, of the place and also uh, the state you are in, you are visiting. Absolutely, I agree. And, and the need to tell the story to people who aren't from that country is is so crucial to their understanding and their appreciation and I think also their willingness to buy things. So, you know, enotourism as a sales force is is something that's new and growing and I think anything we can do to support that is going to be useful. But what do you think wineries can do to attract more visitors from outside of Italy? Uh, it, it's difficult because uh, every winery tries to present itself uh, uh, by saying, my, it's the best wine, uh, we make the best verdicchio, ramarone, or, or whatever. And uh, because they are like uh, parents uh, with their child. And so you have to give them uh, the, uh, the key to explain it according uh, to the place that they are, they are living in. And uh, not only saying this wine, but why you are making this wine, the producer is making this wine, which is very important. Moreover, giving the opportunity to touch uh, the work they are making, uh, visiting uh, the vineyards and, and so on, the cellar, not only this uh, touristic park, uh, part that enter, you enter and in a half hour, you have everything. I think you it would be nice uh, to have a contact a more deeper contact between the producers and the visitors. I think that's a very good point. Um, I know myself when I go to visit a winery and it, you know they brush me off and the 
the visit is very fast and the tasting is very fast and superficial, it's not satisfactory and it doesn't make me want to come back or buy the wine. So, of course, I'm in the wine industry, so that doesn't happen to me very often. But I look at my own clients who come to Italy and they really want to be immersed in the history and the tradition and understanding about the different grapes. So I think you're right. Wineries could do a little bit better job in Italy of explaining not why their wine is the best, but why their winery is special and and how it fits into the landscape. So I think that's a very good point. I, I agree with you. Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, we are in the wine business and uh, perhaps when we arrive and when we enter a winery, they are so happy to welcome us and so on. But it's not the same when a tourist is coming inside and just uh, they just think to sell them wines and uh, they didn't they they don't take enough time to explain what they are doing and that is a problem well and i think sometimes it's a, a language issue i think we need to work harder here in italy in having more people in hospitality in our vineyards even our small vineyards who can communicate with foreigners you know, german speakers english speakers spanish speakers and make them feel included you know italy has so much to offer in its wine tourism so i think i think you're right i think our italian wineries are on the right track but they could work harder at their storytelling and and uh, not so much on selling yes there is also a dichotomy be, between the big wineries uh, in which is everything organized uh, you can buy a uh, three wines tasting, five wine tasting. And that is also, it, uh, it seems to me to be so cold because when I enter a winery, I speak with the people and when the people is uh, uh, nice to me and I feel good, I will perhaps taste uh, 10 wines. And so I don't want to be obliged to decide before and say, okay, I come, I come at the three and I will make the four wines so wine, uh, tasting. And then when it's over, they say, okay, that is the, the door, but goodbye. It's uh, a bit. Otherwise, there are the small producers in which you enter and you didn't know, where, you don't know when are you going away because I, Put wine and wine on the table, uh, taking uh, old vintages and so on. I think the right things is in the middle, of course. And of course, those are the best days. Those are the best days when uh, when people understand that real romantic spirit of Italian hospitality. Those are very special days to be cherished. But uh, not everyone can do that. You're right. And also, I think producers has uh, to read the people they, which are there to understand if there is a, a wine lover which has uh, just to take and to make an experience or is a technical person who has uh, uh, to improve his knowledge. And so you, you can go deeper in this part. But if I have in front of me any, uh, a, um, a person who is, has not idea about the difference of the, the, the wines, it's hard when you start to, to speak about uh, polyphenol, acidity, and so on. It's boring. It's getting boring. I'm a wine educator, and, and I, I teach Italian wines, and I teach 
WSET wines. So I, kn- I know when I have lost my audience, when they suddenly stare at me as if I've gone crazy. And I think you're right. People need to be able to read their clients, their audience, and who's sitting in their winery. They've invited them in. They're a guest and how to treat their guests the best way possible. So that's a very, that's a very good point. But y- you live in Verona now, as I do. And it's it's a great location to work in Italian wine. We're near Valpolicella and Bardolino and Suave and Lugana and all of these wonderful places. So what do you see yourself doing in the next five years? So many new things are happening in our industry. What would you like to do? What what are your goals for your company in the next couple of years? Well, yes, we have the fortune to live in a city surrounded by brands connected uh, in the world of wine that make uh, really the Italian wine history. And for this reason, uh, this market space can be opened and supported by uh, strong and uh, stimulating communication. Uh, I hope in the next five years uh, that uh, I can optimize uh, my cooperation, well, my partnership, and uh, also to help wineries to have a global vision, respecting also the system uh, that uh, I try to reduce this uh, to make this view on a, a required uh, global market because it's very important to be in um, uh, to be put it in a global place so not only Valpolicella not only Bardolino always maintaining the history of uh, what we are doing and the producers the winery are doing are, are doing but also uh, enlarging knowledge uh, outside this uh, region, regional and local place. Absolutely. We, you know, Italy remains one of the biggest wine producers in the world. And yet so often when I'm traveling, uh, people outside of Italy don't know all that much about native grapes or wine styles. And I think it is our responsibility, you know, as Italian wine ambassadors to make the communication better and clearer and stronger so that people outside of Italy can understand and get excited and want to taste and try and visit. So I agree. I think optimizing communication and a global vision is a great goal. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you, Cynthia. It's, uh, I tried. We try. We both try because uh, your part also and my part together with the producers, I think we can we can work on this. Well, this was a, a wonderful opportunity to, to chat with you. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to have this conversation. And I really appreciate your experience in the industry and how much you're planning to do in the future with communication and a more global vision for our smaller and Italian wineries and getting our message out there. So thank you for giving me time today. I hope you have a great time in Tuscany and I'll see you in Verona soon. Thank you, Cynthia. Yes, we have absolutely to meet and share a glass of wine together. Thank you for listening and remember to tune in next Wednesday when I'll be chatting with another fascinating guest. Italian Wine Podcast is among the leading wine podcasts in the world and the only one with a daily show. Tune in every day and discover all our different shows. You can find us at italianwinepodcast.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Himalaya, or wherever you get your pods.